If you brought your doctrine notebooks this morning, hopefully you brought the one from two weeks ago, because we never did finish that one, and we're going to. We're going to touch on that. So really it would be week, 20, week 26, the power gifts within the church. And basically, I, just to re, reiterate uh, what was happening there, we were going to be talking about the power gifts, and I began studying to do talk about the power gifts, the, the gifts of the Spirit that when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, that God gives us, that God uses through us to minister to other people. And then as I was studying for that, I realized that all of that only works, one, by somebody being filled with the Spirit, but two, by being within the church. So that those gifts can work together for a common goal. And the common goal is the preaching of the gospel and for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be brought around the world. He didn't give us the gifts to take care of our own needs. (coughs) That is a loaded statement right there. He didn't give us the gifts to meet our own needs. Now, the Holy Spirit has, has, has spoken through me to, to do certain things that don't, isn't always when the gospel is being preached. But that's, I think it's different. It has to be different because the gifts are for when the, when, when the gospel, for the, for the gospel to be preached to the world. But the Lord has given me, you know, that we, there's one of them is called word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is that he tells you something that you don't know that is going to help you. Praise God that God gives parents words of knowledge. And kids, if you don't know that the Holy Spirit tells your folks things, <laughs> I won't go into any specifics. But there have been times when the Holy Spirit has told me things and I will go and say, hey, how's it going in this, you know, what's going on in this in your life? And He does. He tells us stuff. But I think that's just, that's just the benefit of the Holy Spirit being in us. Being, he, he wants to help us. To, but a, an actual word of knowledge is, is t- so that someone can hear the gospel and it's proof that the gospel is, what this, what's being said is true. My uh, brother, just, I wasn't I'm even supposed to be teaching about this, but here we go. I, you know, here's a rabbit trail. My brother was, uh, was, was traveling one time and and uh, I can't remember if he was hitchhiking and the guy picked him up or if he was driving and picked up a hitchhiker. I can't remember which one it was. But as he was driving along, he said he just all of a sudden he felt like he was supposed to pray for this guy. And so he prayed and he said, Lord, I pray that you open the ears, open his ears, Father, in Jesus' name to hear the gospel. And all of a sudden the guy goes, oh, whoa, whoa, oh my gosh, whoa. And my brother's like, whoa, what, what happened? He goes, my ear just popped. He says, I haven't heard out of that ear in 10 years. Now, he didn't know the guy couldn't hear. He didn't know, you know. So there was a, a, a conjunction of word of knowledge and working of miracles, healing. And he was able to, to speak to the guy, come to find out the guy was backslidden. And he was able to speak into his life. The guy repented, sought, you know, and he has no idea what, I mean, he, whether he got dropped off or dropped him off, whatever it was, hasn't heard from him since. But God used 
a, a manifestation of the Spirit to confirm His Word. I could tell you stories all day. Maybe I will. Maybe we'll just tell stories for a while. Someday. Not today. We've got to finish this one. But it's, it's, that's why God does this. And that's cool when He does. But if we do it outside of the context of the, of the purpose, then there's no guarantee that He has to do anything. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. He's, he is God. And people talk about sovereignty, nonsense, you know, because God's sovereign is he? How, how sovereign is he? God is God. Let's just say that. And he gets to will. His, the, the Bible says he, you, that the gifts are for the body or you know, for the, are, the, are in manifestation to the body as the Spirit wills. But I believe it's within the context of the church. And we were looking at those verses in, in uh, Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Spirit, And so we're talking about this, but in the context of where all of these verses about, whether it be 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, and beyond, it is all in the context of Paul writing to the church. Why? Because the Corinthian church, they were were operating in the Spirit without love. That's why 1 Corinthians 13 is right in the middle of it. 1 Corinthians 13 isn't for weddings. It gets used for weddings all the time, and it works. Okay, and you know, if you use it in your wedding, you're still married. It's okay. But it's for, they're operating in the Spirit. They're, they're doing things in the Spirit, but they're hurting each other. They're not being kind. They're not being loving. They're not being gentle. They're not preferring one another. They're just, they're bowling over each other and one guy starts to prophesy and somebody else stands up and says, well, now it's my turn, and just goes off. No. Love within the body. Preferring one another. How does that work? And, and once we understand how the church works, why do we have a church? Why, why did God put us together? Wouldn't it have been better had he just had a bunch of lone rangers, you know, I mean, secret assassins who, you know, just are out there by themselves and they're, they can just go and they, we can move faster. I know, for me, I can move faster than when I'm in a group. If you've ever been on a mission trip and you tried to move 25 people through an airport, <laughs> you want to talk about opportunities to not love. <laughs> but no. He puts us in a group of people called the body, the church, and says, figure it out. How many of you and your kids were having, you know, they were in, they were having issues with each other? Just put them in a room and said, figure it out. You seen the picture online of the two little kids? This is our get along shirt and they're both inside. They're in the same shirt. Yeah, if my parents had done that to me and my brother, it had been torn to shreds. I mean, it would have been, it have been ugly. But God puts us in our get-along church, our get-along building. He says, hey, you're all in this together. Figure it out. And so, 
The church is made up of individuals, but that those individuals are a body. And that's where we left off, is that in 1 Corinthians 12, that the body is one and has many members, 12.12. And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, And all were made to drink one spirit. And the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And then we talked about, even though we have the power, we still need each other. 1 Corinthians 12, 15. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. You know, everybody wants to be with somebody who's like them. I've actually seen churches where there's a whole bunch of people who all found themselves. And they were all fingers, or they were all ears, or they were all feet. And they all get along great, because they all think alike. But a true body is, is just that. They have to learn how to work with each other. Ever, ever watch a, a teenage young man or woman who grows really fast over the summer? See, I, I, I bulked up at the same time as I got taller. So I never really went through a gangly period. But you watch some kids, you know, you know. Or I've, I've got some young people in my, in my self-defense class, and every once in a while you'll hear, ow! And I'll turn around and I'll go, who, who hit you? And he's, no way, I hit myself. You know, and you catch people getting hit by themselves, okay? We're self-defense, not self-mutilation here. You just got to work with yourself here. Sometimes the body doesn't all work together, and that's, you know what? That's called a body, but we need each other. This is, this, if, if we don't agree, that's what I love about you guys. You don't all agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're, you're, I, those, are, those are instances going, oh yeah, I remember that one, yeah. We don't always all agree. And that, that's what makes us strong. It's because we have to learn to walk in love. And when we, were, when we walk in love and we work in love, we're stronger. We need someone who's not like us. We need someone who is actually opposed to us. I mean, wouldn't it be weird for somebody to have two right hands? There is someone in the body who is diametrically opposed to us. And you might think, oh, that person annoys me. I'm glad they're on the other side of the body. But that's okay, because when you two actually figure it out and start working together, look out. That's what this is all about. It's about the body working together. If we can't get along on human issues, there's no way you're going to work together in spiritual issues. Let me say that again. If you can't work it out in natural issues... They took my parking spot. (laughs) That has been my parking spot for the last 15 years. That's my chair. 
I know we've changed the way the chairs all set up, and I'm still bitter about that. But they, I know they've changed. But I found the GPS marking of where I have sat for the last 15 years. And that is my chair. And somebody else sat in it. When we learn to work together, when we learn to get over our differences and deal with it, we become stronger. New ground. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26. Here's where the rubber meets the road. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Here's where the body of Christ shines. We've seen that in the last few weeks. When one of us suffers, people rally now you might think, now just here's here's where you have an opportunity, because somebody say, well, I was suffering and nobody called me. I was I was hurting one time and nobody nobody even reached out to me. Sorry, I'm sorry, and I'm not saying that sarcastically. Really, I'm sorry, because that's the body of Christ should be there. We need to be sensitive. Here. When you hear about someone hurting and you think, I wonder if I should call them or I wonder if I should write a note, don't take another moment to rationalize anything. Do it. Even if it's awkward. If, if, if you hear about somebody going through something and, and you know, yeah, you can hear about people going through something, but if, if, if there's something more to it, even by the Spirit, you go, I wonder if I should call that person. Get their number and call them. Or if they write a note or, or whatever it may be, do that extra step. If you're driving down the road and, and something reminds you, that's one of the cool things about Pastor Dan Dennison, founder of our church here. We used to ride in the car with him all the time. Going here, going there, doing this, doing that. And also he'd be driving along and he'd see a car that reminded him of somebody else. He'd go, oh, Lord, bless so-and-so. And I'm thinking, what made him think of that? Oh, there's a car. It looks like so-and-so's car. Or you drive past somebody's business. Hey, God bless their business today. Took that step. And I know he would send cards he'd do whatever he'd you know pray whatever whatever the lord led him to do if if it, it takes a second you're not doing anything else otherwise other than you know listen to the radio turn it down pray move on but if you have that inclination that leading the body is supposed to be there for each other if one suffers we all suffer in the big if the big toe gets smashed into a piece of furniture not put back where it was originally expected to be. <laughs> Hypothetically. 
The thigh, knee, calf immediately recoil to remove the big toe from danger. The hands, in a sign of concern and mercy, reach forth and cradle the damaged toe and and show it love. The mouth utters audible yelp to encourage the toe from afar, that it understands the toe's pain, followed by a series of other guttural messages, vowing to hunt down the one who left the piece of furniture in an unexpected place, and giving orders to the hands to deal swiftly with the culprit. The brain starts running through diagnostics on the extent of the damage, best plan for treatment, and the most effective way to deal with the above-mentioned culprit. (laughs) When one member is in need, the body is to respond. So, we're a part of a body like that. We are that body. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and the individually members of it. So this is how the body should respond to each other when we're in trouble. Minus the revenge part. (laughs) And this context, in this context, the Father has given us the Holy Spirit to empower us to be His witnesses to the utmost degree and effectiveness. It's only within the body that we can safely deal with the kind of responsibility and authority. Only when we are subjected to one another... Only when I tell you, hey, you guys have the right to speak into my life. People say that to me, they say, oh, you know, Pastor John, we really like you being our pastor because, you know, you're just real. You, 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 you tell us what you're really thinking. You ask us our opinion. You know, you, you want us to, to tell us our, you, we want, you want us to tell us our uh, actual opinion. So I said, yeah, because if I'm not subjected to someone, if I'm not subjected to the body, then I'm out there all by myself. I need you. You need me. We've spent tons of time on this in the past. It's good to redo it again. We don't get to just, you know, I'm going to go do my own thing. I don't, even though you're not saying it, maybe you're hurt. Maybe, maybe somebody said something. And I guarantee you somebody sooner or later will say something. It may even be me. It probably has been me. But if I remove myself from the body, then my supply, my protection, isn't available to me. The things that God wants me to do. Hey, if God wants us to do great things, then we need great accountability. You need somebody in your life who you trust enough that they can tell you the absolute truth. We were... I was talking with some folks recently and we were talking, you know, laughing about life and things and I said, my greatest fear is to stand up in front of the church one day and my zipper is down. (laughs) It's okay. Got it. Please, if one of you should see me coming out of the restroom... This is on television for all of eternity. Love me enough to say something. But that isn't, you know, jokingly, that's embarrassing. You know what's even more embarrassing? It's if I'm walking in pride. Or if I'm making a stupid decision. Or if I'm whatever. I, I need you. 
But then again, if somebody tells you something, hey, you know, I noticed this about your life, just want to let you know, have you read the word on that? I mean, have you, have you noticed that? Now, you might get offended because nobody likes having their, you know, nobody likes having their faults pointed out. But that's where each and every one of us become mature and go, you know what, I'd rather have you tell me my fault than to be embarrassed in front of everybody. I'd rather have you tell me that I'm, I, I act in this certain way and I'm a jerk this way than to, than to be a jerk to too many, you know, more than one person. We need each other. You need to be able to be humble enough that if somebody goes, you know, you, you, you do this and it's really not the way you're, you know, according to the word, you shouldn't do this. We need the body. That's what keeps us safe. Because right now, we're dealing with the level of power that we're dealing with. The exciting part is, as we continue to walk forward, and we are responsible, and we're, and we're being wise with everything, God is going to give us more power. You're going to see. We will see more things happening in the Spirit than you could have ever imagined. But it's only going to work as we all walk this out together humbly. We don't get to be Lone Rangers. And for anyone who might be thinking, I'm speaking specifically to you at this moment, I had this ready three weeks ago. And yes, I'm speaking directly to you. (laughs) Because the Holy Spirit loves you. And I love you. I need you. You need me. Sorry. You need me. And we all need Jerry. Amen. Amen. So, it's only within the body that we can safely deal with the kind of responsibility and authority. And within the body of God, or within the body, God has placed an authority structure to lead and guide in the process of evangelism, discipleship, equipping, and development of the individuals of the body into the deployment of the individuals of the body into the harvest field. Church leadership. I'm going to just briefly touch on that this morning, but I'm going to, we'll talk about it more as time goes on. 1 Corinthians 12, 28, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess the gift of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. Many people want to be in charge, but most people, have a, um, most people have an opinion on how things should be done. But God has appointed leaders within the church, and these leaders have specific responsibilities and tasks. Not everyone is called to be a leader, but everyone is called to work together. This is how a church is supposed to function. In the weeks to come, we'll look at the Bible, uh, biblical church leadership functions of the fivefold ministry and the purpose and the function of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Leadership. I never wanted to be the leader. I didn't. I like being the leader. I've grown to like it. But at the time, when I, I wanted to sit in the back row, come in, be, do my part, and then go out. That's all I wanted to do. 
And then God started, why does he put one person in leadership and not somebody else? Because he's God. He can do what he wants. How much more, I'm on a scale of 1 to 10, how much more important is the leader of the church than everybody else? On a scale of 1 to 10. Zero. Yes, thank you. I'm not more important. All of us are important. We all just have different functions. And within the church, who is more important, the apostle or the prophet? None. Nobody is. Jesus is. We all just do our part. If God calls somebody to a special role, it's because he decided that's who he wanted to have in the special role. But once that person is in that role and has that authority, they need to walk with it. They need to walk with it. They need to be who they are. There's, there's nothing worse than somebody who has the authority and will not use it. Why? It's like, it's like somebody giving, you know, the hand has the authority to, to open the door to get outside where it's beautiful, but it won't do it. And then the foot has to figure it out. That's called, that's called being impaired. Each person needs to walk in the calling that they're called to be in. You, each and every one of us, has a calling in the body of Christ that we're supposed to walk in. And as we walk in it, God's plan is fulfilled. Each and every one, each and every one, every one of us has a specific call, a place to be, the person that God's called you to be. And if you aren't that person where he's called you, then that place is missing what God has for them. And it's within that... If someone here, if, if Tom, let's just use Tom as an example since we had him up here this morning already. If Tom had woke up this morning and the Holy Spirit had said what he said to Tom and then he came to church and, and, and the Holy Spirit said, hey, tell Pastor John what, you just, what I told you this morning. And he goes, no, no, I don't want to do that. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go say, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I mean, what, what if, nah, no, I just don't want to do that. Then would, would I have heard what I heard? Uh, you still might think, well, what's the importance of what you heard? I'm telling you, there's something to what I heard. I don't, uh, just by the Spirit, I can tell you there's something to it. I'm really glad Tom came and shared that. Being who God called you to be. But if you're not here, if you're not hooked up to the body, then we're missing it. If God had given something to Tom this morning, and he decided, you know, nah, I'm just not going today. Nobody likes me there anyway. It's not true. Everybody loves you. But that's. But if he thought that, because how many of you think sometimes, why do I even go? Nobody will even miss me if I don't show up this week. We miss you. We love you. We need you. I need you. And where God is taking us, we need a full contingent. We need a full body. And knowing where we're supposed to be placed. Seeking Him. Knowing where we're supposed to be placed within the body is so important. 
You know, I talked about earlier, some people don't even ask how they should use, you know, deal with their finances, their giving. Some people don't ask where they're supposed to be. Lord, where am I supposed to be? Who have you called me to be? What is my place within this body? You need to ask yourself, don't wait for me to go, oh, the Lord has just spoken. That you are called, everybody wants that, you're not going to get it. You know, God has put something in your heart. And if, if I don't recognize it yet, if I don't point it out, or somebody else doesn't point it out, mention it to me. I'm a really nice guy. I may smile and go, eh, nice. <laughs> or I may go, yeah, I've been praying for somebody like that. But be where God's called you to be. If you're not where God's called you to be, it's kind of like having a, a hand in the middle of your chest. It's not supposed to fit there. That's not where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be out here. Let's stand. Father, I thank you for your body. Father, I thank you for each and every one of these here. Lord, I am truly blessed, truly blessed to be a part of this body. Not because I'm the pastor, but because I'm part of the body. And this is an awesome body. And Father, I thank you that Jesus is the head. Jesus is the head. Jesus gets to be in charge. Lord, lead us and guide us. Use us as you see fit. Live through us. Give us life every step of the way. And help us to be what you've called us to be. And Lord, I just lift up next summer. Lord, I lift up Somerset. I lift up that concert. Father, I lift up Sunshine, everybody who works in it and for it and through it, the owners. Father, we pray blessings upon them. We pray for, for good weather during that time. We thank you, Father, for safety over every person, every member, every attender, every worker, every band, tab, traveling to and from. Father, thank you for that being an amazingly blessed time. I pray, Father, that this first year be their biggest year ever. That they, that they will know they made the right decision that it will be exceedingly, abundantly more. And Father, I pray that the praise and, and worship that comes from that place will lift up the name of Jesus so high that it draws all men unto you. Father, you can use whatever means you want. And Father, use us. Help us. No, show us how we fit. Show us what our part to play is with that festival. It's just praying, awesome. We'll do it. If it's something else, if it's more, whatever. Lord, we will do what you call us to do because we're your body and we follow the head. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.